Welcome to Passion Life Church. I'm so glad that you're here this morning. You know, we're in this series called A Beautiful Surrender, and it's a two-part series, and we've been really just looking at the original Christmas story, and, and what did it take? What did it take for Mary and Joseph, who, who were really the two key players, to bring the first Christmas to, into fruition? And I think for us, uh, as we prepare our decorations and we do all the things and, and that we're, you know, bake all the cookies. And somebody told me last week, Pastor Phil, you left out the tamales. Come on, as we get the tamales ready. Anybody got some tamales? Got to be careful with the tamale people. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and so as we get all of those things ready, I was thinking about what it is it that we are really after when it comes to Christmas. Is it something that is nostalgic? Is it that sentimental feeling that the Christmas carol talks about? What is it? And then I begin to really think about here's really what we're after for Christmas. We are after the wonder of Christmas. And this has been our theme verse for this two part series Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. It says this For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called wonderful would you say that with me come on say wonderful gosh our god's name is wonderful counselor mighty god the everlasting father the prince of peace i looked up that word in the hebrew wonderful you know what the word wonderful means it means to marvel it means extraordinary it means a miracle of God. And I really believe that that's what Christmas is all about. It's about the miracles of God and the wonders of God. And can I just encourage us today? God still wants to do wonders in our lives today. Miracles are still alive today. Is there anybody that believes that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever? Christmas is all about the wonders. And here's the reality. When you say Merry Christmas to someone, here's what you're saying. You're saying, I wish you a life full of miracles, signs, and wonders. And so let me say that to you this morning, Passion Life Church. Merry Christmas. And that's my prayer. I'm wishing you a life of miracles, signs, and wonders. That's what Christmas is all about. It's about Jesus. And he's the wonder of Christmas. And I think that I believe and I really believe that God still wants people to experience the wonder of Christmas. And I've entitled this series Beautiful Surrender because it's only in our surrender of our will to God's will and his plan that we experience that wonder. Joseph, we looked at last week and how he, he surrendered his plans to God's plan. And his plans are always greater than our plans. If Joseph did not surrender his life to Jesus and, and God and what the plan was for Christmas, we wouldn't be talking about him today. But, you know, there is, comes a point in our lives where we have to say, God, your will, not my will. 
Not my plan for my life, Lord. Your plan for your life, uh, for my life. And, you know, I understand this word surrender is, is, uh, can be a tough word. You know, it's not a word that we like, especially when two nations are fighting against each other. Nobody likes to wave the white flag and surrender. But, you know, the word surrender actually means a yielding, a yielding to God. That you and I, like Mary and Joseph, yield our lives to God. Why? So we can bring the wonder of Christmas to people. See, because of Joseph's and Mary's sacrifice and their surrender to God, today we are experiencing the wonder of Christmas. And God wants to use your life. He wants to use you to bring the wonder of Christmas to people, to a lost and dying world. Can I hear a good amen today? But I think because we live on this side of Christmas, we live on this side of Christmas, we just rush to the end of the story where there's the beautiful nativity, there's the star in the sky. But we don't really talk about what Joseph and Mary went through to bring Jesus into this world. And last week we focused on the men, we focused on Joseph, and we prayed for all the men. And today we're going to do the same with the ladies. Today we're going to focus on Mary. And at the end of the service, we're just going to pray for all of the ladies. And uh, my wife is, is going to join me and we're just going to pray for you. And, uh, and so today, let's look at Mary's life. Let's look into Mary. Turn to Luke chapter 1, verse 26. That's where we're going to be today. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. And it says this, and in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Now, like last week, as we talked about influence, as we talked about being inspirational, as we talked about last week inspiring people and being a man of integrity and living a, a life, a legacy, there was a lot of great points that really applied to, to the ladies as well. And, and guys, listen, I, I just want to encourage you, say amen today if you hear something good. But also, the, the, what we're going to talk about today doesn't just apply to the ladies. It applies to us today. But let's look at what God does for Mary. Because out of all the women on the earth at that time, God handpicks Mary. Man. And do you know the Bible says to us today that you are a chosen generation? That you're a royal priesthood? That God picks you today to be on his team? But why was it? What did God see in Mary that he would say, I want this woman to raise my son, I want this woman to be the earthly mother of Jesus. Now, let me just, before we get into full gear here, let me say there's a lot of misconceptions about Mary. All right? Let me tell you, Mary was human. Mary was not perfect. Mary is not God. You will not find in the Bible where it says that we are to pray to Mary that is not what this is about today. Today, this is about honoring her sacrifice, honoring her beautiful surrender. We are not called to worship Mary, but we are to honor her for what she did uh, to bring Jesus in 
to the world or to allow God to use her to bring Jesus into the world. But she was handpicked by God. And I'm going to ask you ladies the same thing I asked the men. Last week I asked the men, would you qualify to be Jesus's earthly father? And I'm going to ask you ladies today, would you qualify to be Jesus's earthly mother? Because we're going to see some characteristics in Mary that I believe that we can see in you today. But let's look what God tells Mary. And this is important. You're going to find out that who God calls, he equips for what he calls them for. And we're going to look at what the angel said and what it means. The angel shows up to Mary, and this is what the angel says. Hail, hail. I looked up what that means in the Greek. And you know what the angel said? This word hail in the Greek means this. All health, happiness, prosperity unto you. Listen to this. So the angel shows up to marriage and Mary, and this is the first thing he declares to her. He says, all health. How many of you think that Mary is going to need some health in her pregnancy? How many of you know she can't just go to urgent care when she feels a little nauseous? There ain't no urgent care back in this day, right? There's no doctors that she could go to when she's having the cravings and all these things are going nuts, right? No, no, no. So God knew that she would need the health in advance to be pregnant for nine months. I do not and will never and would ever care to know what it's like to be pregnant. But I will tell you this. Carol Burnett described it this way. Carol Burnett said pregnancy is like taking your upper lip and putting it over the back of your head. That's what she described pregnancy. Any ladies agree today? They don't agree because they're like, what? Let's just talk about the epidural. That's what it's all about. Come on, give me some of that more epidural. There ain't no epidural for Mary. So the angel knows exactly what she needs because the angel is speaking the word of God. And God knows exactly what you need for what he's called you to do. And how many of you know that we all need health? But the angel says all health, happiness, and prosperity unto you. And then he says, thou art highly favored. In other words, that word favor literally means in the Greek, you're graciously accepted. You have obtained grace. You are endued with grace. You are endued with grace. Now listen, this isn't a sanctifying grace. Right? There's really kind of two kinds of grace. There's a sanctifying grace. You and I today are saved by grace, but there's also a grace that empowers us to do what God has called us to do. Mary is not saved because why? Jesus had not died yet. But God is going to give her grace to accomplish the mission that he has given for her. And so it's not a saving grace. It's an empowering grace. And the angel said this. You are highly favored. So what does this mean? This is intended to encourage Mary for the task that she has. Can I just tell you, the Bible says that we're supposed to serve the Lord with gladness. You know, Mary had enthusiasm. When the angel showed up, and I, was, I, was, I hadn't seen a couple of these things when I was looking at this this week. Do you know that Mary was enthusiastic about what the angel said? There was joy. Do you know the Bible talks about 
The wise men, when the wise men heard about Jesus, there was joy. Do you know that the angel said, I bring you glad tidings of great joy? And then sometimes when you look at Christians today, there's no enthusiasm. There's no joy. What happened? When the message was proclaimed about their plan and their purpose, people got excited. And the Bible says that I'm supposed to serve him with gladness. What an honor. It's life's greatest privilege to be able to be used by God. And the Bible says that she was encouraged. And the Lord says, the angel says, highly favored. That tells you how much God thought about her. But also says what God was going to do in her. See, what God wanted to do was give her the grace to be able to surrender to the will of God for her life. And then he says this, this is my favorite promise. The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. Can I tell you this morning, ladies, the Lord is with you. No matter what you're going through today, the Lord is with you. Come on, ladies, can you say a good amen today? And then he says that the angel, the angel says that, he said to her, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. And he's going to birth something in you. You know, science tells us that the identity of a baby comes through the blood of the father. This is why it was so important that Mary and Joseph didn't come together before because the identity had to come from God the father. And then he put Jesus in Mary's womb. And I gotta tell you, this is indicative of today of what God will do. When you pray and the Holy Spirit will overshadow you at times, you know what he'll birth in your life? He'll birth in your life a vision. He'll birth in your life a dream. He'll birth in your life an idea to do something. Because when you come together with the Holy Spirit, birthing can happen. And even as a, as, as a man, God will birth an inspiration in your life. God will birth an idea in you when you get intimate with the Holy Spirit. And I think he's still doing that today. He's still birthing things in people's lives. And so Mary is pregnant with the Holy Spirit and he gives her grace. Now the question that I have is why is God giving Mary grace? What is she going to need grace for? I mean, she's going to have some challenges. And so what I did is I just outlined today three challenges that I believe that Mary was going to need this grace for. And ladies, maybe this can be some of the challenges that you face. But I want to encourage you, just like Mary, that there is grace today available for the challenges that you already face. So what, are the, what did she need this grace for? Here's number one. She needed grace to overcome inadequacy. What a huge responsibility. You would be the earthly mother of Jesus. And see, Mary didn't have superpowers. Mary was an ordinary girl. She had no education apart from the law. Many theologians, historians believe that she was a teenager back then. That at that time, many ladies were young ladies were getting married very early. She had no edu education other than the law of Moses. She wasn't wealthy. As a matter of fact, um, it wasn't her age. It wasn't her wisdom. But you know what? The Bible does say this. The Bible says that she was a virgin, that she kept her body pure. 
And that tells me something about her. That tells me that she was a woman of faith. See, one of the things that I've known about sexual immorality is it's an equal opportunity sin. And faith is what makes us overcome temptation. The Bible says this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. See, in temptation, what the enemy does is he will put something in front of you that looks so good. But here's what I've learned about temptation. Anything that the enemy puts in front of you is always a cheap counterfeit for what God has for you. And so many people give in because they don't have faith and believe God has something better for my life. And see, Mary lived with this faith. I'm not going to give my body to somebody who I'm not married to. You know why? Because there's a man of my dreams that God has for me. And he is hot. She believed that. And if we would only live according to what we believe. You know, I tell people all the time about my wife. Man, if I, if, if I would have just gotten my head together at times, you know, and there was times where I wasn't living for God, but I told people, and I've told people this, if I would have known that life would have been this good with my wife, I never would have dated anybody else. But see, it's easy to look back, right? Hindsight is twenty twenty. But if you're single in this room, let me just tell you this, God has somebody for you. And, and you need to wait and be patient and have faith that is the person of your dreams and not just try on every shoe at the shoe stop, to, at the shoe store just to try to get one on. And it's just to try to, oh, fine. You know, people are like, well, I gotta try, you know, some different things on to know what I like. Come on, somebody. That's a great way to, dis, to describe your dating life, right? And I get it. We got to go out. You got to meet people. But you know what? She had faith, and that faith kept her body pure. And let me just say, I know that there are some of us in this room, we've made mistakes in that area, and the past is the past. But I'm, the principle still stands. Faith will help you overcome in temptation. Faith is what gives us the victory. And let me tell you something else about Mary. See, God uses ladies and uses people who desire his will. That desire his will. And Mary's in her teens. Man, and I'll be honest, she's got a lot of pressure. I mean, she's going to be the mother of Jesus. There's no failure for this one. I mean, she can't mess this up. I mean, she, she can't. And look, and a lot of times what happens is fear disguises itself as inadequacy. And many times in our lives, fear can come in and it makes us feel inadequate. And look what the angel says in verse 29. It says, and when she saw him, she was troubled. She saw this angel, she was troubled at at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this would be. And the angel said to her, notice what the angel's saying. And the angel is speaking for God. He says, fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor. Thou hast found grace in the sight of God. So when Mary heard, listen to this, when Mary heard the word of the angel, which is the word of the Lord, it built faith in her because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And God functions when we have faith. Faith is what attracts God. It's our believing. It's our faith. And you know, a lot of times though, Fear will try to come in and make you feel 
inadequate. And see, here's the reality today. You and I are living under a new and better covenant. You and I are living what I call the New Testament, the new covenant that Jesus talked about. You and I are under a dispensation of God's grace. You and I today cannot be saved by our works. We are saved by faith by receiving the grace of God. What an incredible gift. Anybody thankful for God's grace? Because here's what it is. Yeah, you can give them a good round of applause. You can earn God's grace. God's grace is unearned. It's undeserved. It's God's unmerited favor that he gives. But faith responds to that grace to receive that grace. But I wonder what fears Mary could have had. I mean, when you think about it, what about this one? The fear of failure. Man, I'm going to screw Christmas up for everybody. I mean, can you think about that? She knew what this job meant. I, I, I better not mess this up. Sometimes we deal with the fear of failure. I think his parents, ladies, sometimes his moms. Am I going to be a good mom? Man, I want to be a good mom. And if we're not careful, when we allow fear to come in, and we allow fear to begin to penetrate our thoughts, we begin to act according to what we think about and what happens, it's funny, is it's and so interesting, is that people that don't want to become a bad mom because of fear end up becoming a bad mom because of fear. And instead of being a person of faith, what about the fear of inadequacy? I just don't have what it takes. Man, I'm just this little teenage girl. I mean, God, you're, you're calling me to do something? And, you know, a lot of times it can feel that way. It can feel that way when God is calling you to do something. And here's the reality. All of us are not just saved, but Timothy tells us that we're saved and called. And so you are called. There's a plan for your life. There's a purpose that God has you on the planet. There's a reason why you got up this morning and still are able to inhale breath. You know why? Because God's not done with you because he has a plan for your life. Come on, somebody. But here's what you need. You need the grace of God. And you're not going to get there by fear. Can I ask you a question? Have you surrendered your fears to God? Because that's a beautiful surrender. Or are you still holding on to your fears? Pastor Phil, I'm single and I'm never going to get married. That's fear. And you know what? You may never get married because you're afraid. Because every guy that comes up to you, you are going to be afraid. Have you given your fear to God? I don't think we're going to make it this month financially, Pastor Phil. There's just, are you, you have a decision. Are you going to act in faith or are you going to act in fear? But fear is not going to activate God. And it's so important that you and I surrender our fears to God. And to be honest, ladies, when it comes to emotions and feeling inadequacy, many times you can be more emotional than us as men. And God loves you. He made you. He made you the way that he made you. But can I just tell you this morning? See, all of us as humans experience fear. But the question becomes, what are you going to do when you feel the fear? Here's what you have to do. You have to act anyway. That's what courage is. Courage, it doesn't feel fear. Courage feels the fear and still moves forward even though despite the fear. And fear is not from God. And here's Mary's stance on fear. 
Mary would tell you today, I refuse to be controlled and ruled by fear. And so, ladies, let me encourage you. And all of the thousands and millions of emotions that go on in your head in an hour. Not every emotion that you feel is God. Let me try this side. Not every emotion that you feel is God speaking to you. Many times it's just your emotions. And we need to discern what is God and what is our emotions. And ladies, I love you. I really do. And I thank God that I have a wife that is not emotional. And we laugh all the time because, like, I'm the emotional one in the relationship. Like, we're at a movie, and I'm the one that's crying. And she's like, you're crying? I'm like, yeah, I'm crying. <laughs> I mean, she's just, like, steady Eddie all the time. Like, I'll say something. She's like, you shouldn't say that. And I'm like, yeah, but I feel it. Get a hold of yourself, Phil. <laughs> Am I telling the truth? It happened this morning. That's her. But not every lady is like that. And let me just encourage you. Just because you feel it, don't say it. See, I thought I'd get a better response today, even from the men today. Like the men were like, yeah, to preach it, Pastor Phil. But then I realized they're not saying that because they're like, Pastor Phil, i got to go home to these women. My wife's there, and she's going to beat me up if I, if I say amen in the service because she's already even like that. You have to decipher what you feel, right? And I, I, it's, what's important is to decipher what is fear and what is faith in our lives. Listen, not everything you think is God moving in your life. Sometimes it's, can I just say it? Sometimes it's just feelings. Feelings, nothing more than feelings. And as you grow in the Lord, we've got to learn how to manage our feelings. Come on, can you say a good amen? amen? And you've got to make a decision that you're not going to be ruled by fear. But here's what grace does. Grace empowers you to get beyond the fear. Grace gives you the empowerment to move beyond that. Listen, and grace is what makes you adequate. God gave her the grace so she could carry the son of God. Listen, if you don't have grace for what you're carrying, then God didn't give it to you. The only, the, it's only what God's grace, let me put it, read it this way that I have it in my notes. It's by God's grace that we can carry the calling for us. See, you and I all have grace for different things. My wife is an incredible craftsman. I mean, her grace on her life to do that is effortless. I can't even draw a straight line with a pencil. I'm like, man, she's all about Hobby Lobby, Pinterest, all those things. She, she loves all, all, all of those things, right? She's graced to do that. And I'm graced to preach. I, I am, I, I don't think, to me it's natural. And what's funny is that what the grace that's on my life is different than the grace that, uh, that's on your life. And over here we have uh, Jacob. Jacob's a handyman. I mean, he, he's an incredible handyman. And when we talk, and I've talked with other people, and they're like, I, can't, I, I just can't, I can't understand how you get up there in front of people and just talk like that. And you know, like, you just make it seem so natural. And you're just so good. I mean, I don't, I don't get that. 
I don't get how, listen, I don't get how you can fix a toilet. I have to read the instructions for the plunger. I just not, that's just not my grace. And people with that grace on their life, they're fixing the sink and they're like, you know, you know, they're talking to me like, I have no idea what you're talking about, man. Just leave me alone. I'm going to go pray or something. It's just not me, but it's cool. Now, is there pressure for what I do? Oh, absolutely. I had a guy in the lobby the other day. He's like, man, that was a great message. He's like, I don't know how you're going to top that one off next week. What is this? The improv? But every week, I have to hear from the Lord and come and bring that to you. Is there pressure? Absolutely. But you know what? God has given me the grace to do what I need to do to do his work and the plan that, yeah, is it work? Absolutely. But here's what I rely on. I rely on the grace of God. And he, God wants you to do the same thing. He wants you to rely on the grace for your life. And so many people don't. So many people are in areas of their life that they are not graced for. They're tired. Oh, I hate my job. It's because you're not in grace. You're in self-effort trying to make your whole life work. How about you have a beautiful surrender and say, God, not my will, but your will be done. I want to live in your grace. Because you know what? God will empower you to do it. You know what it takes? It takes grace. You know what it takes? It takes grace. I'm all about that grace, about that grace. We surrender to the grace of God. Somebody snorted back there. I heard you. That was great. You're encouraging me. That's better than an amen. Come on, somebody. But listen to what the Bible says in James chapter 4, verse 6. It says, God resists the proud, but gives, what's that word? Grace to the humble. Now listen, this is important. Pastor Phil, I thought God gives grace to everybody. He does. God gives grace liberally to every single person. But notice what this scripture is saying. It says God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. In other words, here's what he's saying. Grace is given freely, but humble people receive the grace. Humble people are people that say, I can't make it on my own. God, not my will, but your will. Humble people realize they need God's grace. Sinful people realize I need God's grace. I can't save myself. Now watch. But see, it says God resists the proud. You know, that word resist actually means that God stands against the proud. What is a prideful person? A prideful person says, I will live my life in my own self-effort. I will make it happen. It's all me. I can do it. When you say that, what you are doing is you are rejecting grace. Today, I don't stand up here in my own self-effort. Oh, I studied, but you know what? I've allowed myself and given myself over to the empowerment of the grace that God has given me. And can I just encourage us, family? Listen, God's grace gives you the power to overcome inadequacy. Moms, God has graced you to be a mom. Come on, somebody. There's grace in your life today. Rely on the grace of God. Dads, listen, there's a grace in your life to be a 
a great dad. And you know what? Rely on the grace that God has given you. God gives you the grace you need to fulfill the race that you need to run. And all of us have a purpose and a plan. And Mary says, I can do this because I'm highly favored and I'm graced to do it. Here's number two. She would also need this grace to help with life's changes. See, Mary wasn't expecting the angel to appear to her. Mary, Mary, can we, can we talk plainly today? Mary was planning a wedding. You ever planned a wedding? We planned for a year, right? I married Lori and her husband back there. They did planning. Mary was planning her wedding, choosing her bridesmaids. Okay, uh. Ashley, no, I don't, I don't, we're not kind of, we're Facebook friends, but I don't know if, should she be a bridesmaid? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. What about Felicia? No, no, no. goodbye, Felicia. No, no, no. Um, right? Making her list, checking it twice. Who's going to be the bridesmaid? Right? Talking with Joseph about what he's going to wear for the wedding. Right? Joseph, please wear the Calvin Klein robe, not the Kenneth Cole robe, please, Joseph. Joseph, are you going to shave that beard for the ceremony? I do not want you looking like my father, Joseph. I want you to look like the man. And just one more thing, Joseph. Come on. Can we just be honest? How many of you ladies helped your husband or your fiance to pick out his tux for the wedding? Let me see. You, you helped with colors. Okay. And here's the reality. Joseph, come on. Planning. You need to cut them, trim them toenails to, Joseph, if you're going to wear them sandals, Joseph, that nail on your big toe is going to cut my wedding dress if you don't shave that thing down, Joseph. We're going to have a wedding, Joseph. You got to, he's, she's planning. Come on, ladies, you know, planning. You've been thinking about it since you were three. What is it going to look like? She's planning her wedding, and the angel shows up. And can I just tell you? What an inconvenience. I had my plans. I had my wedding planned. But see, Joseph and Mary didn't look at what God wanted to do in their lives as an inconvenience. They looked at it as an invitation for greatness. And this is a tough one. To put your wedding aside to do something for God. This is where Mary was at. This is real life. And this is where she came to a beautiful surrender and said, God, think about it. This is the man of her dreams. The man of her dreams. Everything is changing. It's changing. But can I just encourage us, when God reveals his will to you, you may not know how it's going to affect and how it's going to all work out, but we still need to obey his will. Come on, somebody. We still need to know that God knows what's best. And here's the truth. Ladies, you, you seek stability more than, more than us guys. Us guys, man, we're risk takers. We're, but ladies, you like, I mean, you like the stability. But when you look at all of these changing parts, Mary would need grace for that. And there's grace when life changes. And some of you in this room and people listening around the world to this, your life is changing. Family's changing. And I came here to tell you that there's grace today for you. Because in everything that was changing in Mary's life, God empowered her to deal with the changing. She didn't envision her being pregnant before the marriage. 
She didn't envision that her reputation would come under fire because in those days you couldn't be pregnant before you were married, right? And so Mary, what's going on? How am I, I can't even pay for it. I don't even know. But listen, God had a plan. God had a plan on how to pay for all of the changes because he was speaking to wise men unbeknownst to Mary. See, we look at the Christmas story and we think they all knew everything that was happening. But can I just tell you, God was speaking to shepherds. He was speaking to wise men. He was speaking to Joseph. He was speaking to Mary because there was a plan that was gonna come together so you and I could experience Christmas. And not only so you and I could experience Christmas, but the world could experience Christmas. And ladies and gentlemen, today there is a plan. You are involved in the plan. And his life is changing. What you don't know is that God is moving behind the scenes in your life so the plan can come together. So not only can you experience the miracle and the wonder, but you can take that miracle and the wonder and give it to a lost and dying world. And there is a plan that was bigger than Mary. And there is a plan, ladies, that is bigger than you. And it's God's plan. And I want to be a part of God's plan. Is this good this morning? Luke chapter 1, verse 31. It says, And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, and he shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give him and should give unto him the throne of his father, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there shall be no end. Here's the last one for today. Mary would need grace to deal with the opposition. To deal with the opposition. The Bible says that King Herod would make a decree to kill all the babies two and under. Because he was looking to kill what God had brought to the earth. And this is a sobering moment, but we need to hear it. The enemy comes to steal kill and destroy the dream and the plan and the purposes that God has for your life. Now, he doesn't just start out with a pitchfork and just trying to kill you. Here's what he does. He tries to steal your joy. He tries to steal your enthusiasm. He starts to try to steal your peace. And he comes against you because he does not want to see the plan of God succeed. But can I just tell you, I want to make you aware of that today. Because some people think, well, just because there's opposition, it might not. It's probably not God. Oh, <laughs> really? I talked to Mary and Joseph. They were in the perfect center will of God. And somebody's trying to kill that baby. And so when you decide to do the plan and purposes of God, there will be people in your life that will celebrate, but there will be people in your life that will oppose it. But you have grace today to deal with the opposition. You have great, you know, the apostle Paul talks about having a thorn in the flesh. And if you read about it in second Corinthians chapter 12, verse nine, Paul was preaching. He was talking about grace and the Judaizers came behind him and he was talking about, um, and he was preaching salvation by faith in God's grace. And, and the Judaizers came behind him and trying to put everybody else back under the law. And 
really the, the, the thorn in the flesh that he was talking about. It's kind of like a pain in the neck that we have today. And, uh, and so the thorn in the flesh was these people, this opposition that were coming. And he just kept complaining to God about it. And he's like, I'm tired of this. And look what God told him about the opposition. In 2 Corinthians 12, 9, he said, And he said unto me, God's talking about what Paul said. He said, My grace is sufficient for you. You are empowered. You can deal with the opposition. You can overcome. My grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So even in my weakness, and as Paul was complaining about the opposition, listen, God gave him grace to be able to deal with that. Do you know that Mary and Joseph had to pick up their whole life and moved to Egypt? There was a change because of the opposition. But I got to tell you, God will give you the grace today to do what he's called you to do. You know, I think there's a key to Mary's success. You know, after Mary hears from the angel, she gets excited. There's joy. But in Luke chapter 1, verse 43, if you just go down just a couple verses there, Elizabeth, Mary's cousin, is talking. And she says this because Mary's coming over to hang out with her. And in verse 43, it says, but why am I so favored? Elizabeth is saying, look, I'm graced. Now I'm graced. Why am I so graced? Why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? See, God had revealed to Elizabeth, uh, nobody told her, that Mary was pregnant. With the Son of God. In verse 44, as soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Do you know the Bible says that the angel told Mary that she would be blessed among women? In other words, people would be talking about her and pronouncing her grace. And this is exactly a fulfillment of that. Elizabeth sees Mary and she senses the grace of and she says, wow, how am I so favored that you're coming to visit me? The mother, the mother, the earthly mother of Jesus is coming to visit me. Can I just encourage you, ladies? Every Mary needs an Elizabeth. You need somebody who recognizes the grace that's on your life. You need an Elizabeth, not a negative Nancy. Not a gossip Gina. You need an Elizabeth in your life. Someone who sees the grace that's on you and pronounces it. I'm going to tell you something. In high school, when guys fought, it's one thing. But we loved when girls fought. Oh, that was fun. I mean, it was like two cats pulling here. And you want to talk about being vicious. But as we grow up, it's not fighting. It's speaking. And sometimes ladies have a hard time with that. They talk against each other. They gossip about each other. I can't believe she's wearing that. I can't. And all of these things. And can I just tell you, that's not who you need to be around. You need to be around Elizabeths that recognize what God's doing in your life and recognize the grace. Come on, is this good this morning? And you need to have some Elizabeths in your life. But here's the key to Mary's success. Verse 45, and here's where we end today. It says in verse 45, blessed is she who, was, who has believed 
that the Lord would fulfill his promise to her. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promise to her. Here's why Mary came to a beautiful surrender in her life. She believed the Lord would keep his promise. We have the advantage of looking back on her life. We know how things would turn out. But all Mary had was her faith in God. And I want to tell you, God was faithful to Mary. God was faithful to Joseph. And God will be faithful to you. Mary had a purpose, and God graced her for that purpose. Joseph had a purpose. God graced him for that purpose. Can I just tell you, you have a purpose as well. And God has graced you for the purpose. God equipped her for the purpose. And today, you and I have more than Mary ever had. When she started off, she didn't have Jesus as her Savior. She had baby Jesus and faith. But then as she would move along and she would stand there and watch Jesus die on the cross, she would see him raised from the dead. Wow. But she went through it. She came to a beautiful surrender in her life. Are you living by God's grace or are you doing what Paul says and are you frustrating the grace of God? Are you living by his grace or are you frustrating? Paul said in Galatians 2.21, I do not frustrate the grace of God. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless. Paul also said these words, 1 Corinthians 15.10, he said, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was with not without effect. Now watch this. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God. I want you to know something about grace. Paul said, because of the grace of God, I worked harder than you all. I've had people tell me, man, you work hard. You do this, you do that. I said, yep, I have grace. When you work under grace, you do more than you would doing by yourself because grace empowers you. Paul said, I did more than everybody under the grace. And here's what, if you will have and come to a moment of beautiful surrender to the grace of God, that's what the lesson we get from Mary. God, empower me to do what you've called me to do. Do you know in those moments when you begin to live by the grace of God, you will do more than you ever thought that you would do. And like Paul said, he goes, it wasn't really me. Oh yeah, I was doing it, but it was through the grace of God that I am what I am and I did what I did. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.